Throughout the Gospels, there are only a few times when Jesus acts out in righteous anger. In each of those times, he does so to condemn hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is what Jesus hates, appearing to be one thing on the outside while being something else entirely on the inside. That is precisely what the temple officials were doing. By all appearances, the temple officials were directing their fellow Jews in proper worship rituals. However, they interfered with the people's worship. God had given his people the temple to be a house of prayer and worship, a place of encountering God's mercy. The buying, selling, and money changing in the temple area had long been happening there, and for good reason. According to Old Testament law, pilgrims to the temple had to make animal offerings to the priests, who would sacrifice them on the pilgrims' behalf. Strict rules governed the qualification of these animal victims. Not just any animal would do. Therefore, businesses specializing in making suitable beasts readily available popped up. Likewise, pilgrims came from all over the civilized world and brought money in different currencies. These had to be weighed, valued, and exchanged for purchasing the sacrificial victims. But through the years, greed and corruption slowly infiltrated even these sacred services, just as the selling posts had infiltrated the temple's holy precincts. By Jesus Christ's time, the money changers demanded excessive fees, and the animal vendors wildly overcharged. In this way, what was meant to be heartfelt service to God had become a path to worldly success. The temple officials appeared to be good religious examples, but instead were simply greedy merchants. That contradiction between appearances and reality is hypocrisy, the thing that Jesus hates most. But why is hypocrisy so bad to begin with? Hypocrisy involves lying, cheating, and deceiving, and all these are tactics Satan constantly uses. They are tactics that perpetuate and spread division and resentment. They stir up anger and a desire for revenge in their victims. And when revenge is pursued, it causes more damage, and the cycle of violence or deception grows. Hypocrites, in other words, sow the seeds of war. And even on a personal level, we can recognize this. When we become victims of some scam or are cheated, deceived, or lied to, it is so easy to become cynical and bitter, even though we know we should forgive. Hypocrisy also destroys the hypocrites themselves. They can no longer love God because God is truth and light. And they can no longer love their neighbor as themselves because their neighbor has become a pawn in their selfish designs. And if they can't love God and neighbor, they cannot fulfill their life's purpose. Hypocrisy starts by breaking the Eighth Commandment, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, which calls us to honesty and sincerity. Hypocrisy then leads to violating all the commandments and tears the soul apart. When we read about prominent people who commit suicide after their deceptions and dishonesty are discovered, that is what happened. These are the reasons why Jesus hates hypocrisy. 
Jesus wants our salvation. He wants to give us the wisdom and joy that comes from living in communion with God and in harmony with our neighbor. As we heard in our first reading, the commandments are designed to lead to wisdom and joy. But the hypocrite rejects this free offer, making it harder for others to accept. Hypocrisy is a wolf in sheep's clothing. It is the antithesis of Christianity. That is why Jesus hates it so much. And we all understand the evil of hypocrisy when we think about it like that, from a distance. But it's not always easy to avoid it when we face temptations up close. Truth is one of God's characteristics, but lies seem to come to us very quickly. I'm sure we can all think of many public scandals right now, both near to us and distant away, that show no person is exempt from the temptation to lie and cheat. One of the common characteristics of the saints is their total commitment to the truth. Because they love God and never want to be separated from Him, they also love the truth and sometimes go to extreme measures to abide in the truth. There is an amusing story about Thomas Aquinas in this regard. One day, a fellow Dominican friar played a joke on him. He was standing by the window and cried out to the saint, Thomas, look here, there's a flying cow outside the window. St. Thomas left the chair where he was sitting and walked over to the window to see. Of course, there was no flying cow. His friends started laughing and making fun of him for being so gullible. Thomas replied, It is much easier to believe that a cow would fly than that a Christian could tell a lie. His friend stopped laughing. Another story is of John of Canty, a Polish professor and priest who died on Christmas Eve in 1472 and loved the truth. Once he was making a pilgrimage to Rome on foot, carrying his provisions in a shoulder sack. While passing through a forest, he was surrounded by robbers who took all his possessions. Before they left, they asked him if he had anything else they could take, and he said no, they had already taken everything. So the robbers let him go. But before too long, he remembered that he had a few gold coins sewn into his clothing for emergencies. So he turned around and rushed back to find the robbers. When he saw them, he explained to them that he had not told them the truth. He still had some gold coins they could take. They were so shocked and ashamed by this extraordinary sincerity that they refused the coins and returned everything they had stolen. If God is truth, and we want to stay close to God and live in the peace and wisdom that he brings, we must also live in the truth. None of us wants to live a divided life, to tear apart our souls and lead others to destruction along the way. And yet, when we are honest with ourselves, it is scary to think how easily we fall into lies, deceptions, and hypocrisy. We quickly find ways to make others believe we are exemplary Catholics and that we have everything together. While on the inside, we still seek the kingdom of me instead of the kingdom of Christ. 
What can we do to grow in our love for and practice of the truth? What can we do to let Jesus cleanse the temple of our hearts from the lies and deceptions that block out his light and grace? God knows it is hard for us to live in the truth, so he has provided tools to help us. One of those tools is the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the real presence of Christ under the appearance of bread and wine. And Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. Spending time in his presence, praying, adoring, and reading the scriptures before the Eucharist is a powerful way to allow his truth to penetrate, heal, and protect our minds and hearts. Jesus hates hypocrisy because it separates us from our relationship with him, which is the genuine source of the meaning and fulfillment we seek. Today, as Jesus comes to renew his commitment to us, Let's ask his forgiveness for our hypocritical moments, and let's promise to do all that is in our power to live in his truth from now on. Oh.